Yeah, all right. We'll come over here because we're about to start. Okay, I'm ready. Um, place in the order. And okay, we're good. Uh, welcome back, folks, to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Boo, with my co host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, I want to be your fantasy. <laughs> uh, that's right, folks. You heard it here first. It is the fantasy episode. Each and every year, as listeners to this podcast are no doubt aware, Simon and I engage in one of the highest forms of human artistic expression, the NBA Fantasy Draft. Yes. Uh, our draft is this Saturday, so we've got fantasy on the brain. Uh, what we're going to do this episode after getting through a few staples of the show, uh, for as there is every week, there is much net news to get to. Um, actually, really, there isn't much this week. Uh, mercifully, China sort of killed that for us since they weren't allowed to talk to the media basically at all. Um, And we already talked at great length about Hong Kong, so I don't think we're going to need to do that again. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to talk about fantasy things. Before we do that, though, this is your weekly Nets podcast for all things Nets basketball. Uh, Simon... How the heck are you? Good. Coach <laughs> is, is really in fine form today. Yeah, I think we're going to take his collar off. Has he not had a... Uh... No, he went on an extraordinarily long walk. Okay. Um, no excuses, Coach. All around the park. Perhaps without that thing, he'll be slightly less annoying. <laughs> Though he, judging by the fact that he's sprawled across your lap right now, it does seem like it's going to be a difficult episode <laughs> with this young creature, this young sweet little guy. Uh, so Simon, uh, Coach, and I are here talking <laughs> Nets Nation. Uh, probably, Simon, unless you unless you have any objection to this, I think the first place we ought to head today <laughs> is little doodly doo 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 so much build up. <laughs> Doodly doo doo doo. Katie's corner. Katie's corner. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. right. That's right, folks. We're heading to Katie's corner. And in Katie's corner this week is something I know you care deeply about, Simon. Mm. And that is the true heights of NBA players was revealed this week. Yes. Uh, that is the height of each of these. Individuals without shoes on. It's been a great source of speculation for years. How tall are these people really? Katie has often been referred to as a seven-footer. Mm-hmm. Um, we now know exactly how tall each and every one of these people is without shoes. Turns out Kristaps Porzingis, the guy the, net, the Knicks brilliantly traded away for virtually nothing, uh, um, is not... Seven foot two, as previously reported, mm-hmm. but without shoes on, seven foot three. Yeah. Uh, big boy, Simon, how tall would you presume you are without shoes on? Five, six and a half. No, you're a little taller than that. Thanks. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, all right. So anyway, KD, why is this in KD's corner? Yeah. 
Oh, are you? Let me yeah, tell you. you. Yeah, tell As me. As though you don't know. Uh, you talk for a while. Okay, so this is Katie's Corner because, as Bill just mentioned, he's been uh, rumored to be seven foot tall. He's listed at six nine. He turns out to be six ten without shoes, which is a major letdown. Um, I gotta say. Right. I was hoping maybe though, and I and I don't know what the uh, medical science is behind this, but I think when you have a torn Achilles, you 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 measure in about two inches shorter than you are in fact. Yes, it's a debilitating injury. Um, anything else on that list surprise you? Stand out to you? Any any noteworthy sizes of people? We got to get this dog off. I this. have two. I have two things for you on that front. One. Um, is uh, Torian Prince at 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Okay, our stretch four. And David Nuaba actually gained height at 6'5", which means he's one inch shorter than our other stretch four bill, which means he's our backup stretch four in some <laughs> lineups, I think. Um, at least for as long as Kurutz is out. Right. I don't think any person on planet Earth has rooted for <laughs> an undersized person to play the stretch four quite like you have with David Nwaba. Now, a key component of the stretch four, I would just like to point out, is not just being smaller than a traditional power <laughs> forward. It is being able to stretch the floor by shooting something David Nwaba notoriously does not have in his in his wheelhouse. Well, but here's the thing: a third. If you want him to get playing time, which I do, I desperately want him so, to at the position he plays. But though. at a position he plays, it's much it's much more harmful to be a two or a three who shoots thirty two percent than a four who shoots thirty. You don't want to be a shooting guard who shoots thirty two percent from three. You want to be able to stretch the floor by not being able to stretch the floor and being undersized. Thirty two percent. Is fine is that for a, his is career average That's or what last, it was last year? year? Yeah, yeah. I think he had definitely an outlier season last year. He has not not been a consistently very good shooter. I trust me. I love Nuaba. I think Nuaba should get a lot of run, and I think it says a lot about the depth of the wings and the guards on this team that David Nuaba wouldn't get any time unless he is somehow through Kenny Atkinson's um, transubstantiation turned. <laughs> into a four, which he very much is not. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll get time. One way or the other, I do think he'll get time. He might get time at the three. Um, he could, He maybe he backs up um, Karras at the two, but I just like him at that four because I think his shooting becomes <laughs> less of an issue. What about G-Temp at four? G-Temp? Yeah, that's what he's most, other than the the Apostle, which was my awesome uh-huh. nickname for him. Uh, G-Temp is what most people know Garrett Temple as. Uh-huh. He's he's 6'5 as well. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's a good enough shooter that it's not terrible to have him as a backup 2 and 3, right? He's like a 35, 36%. I think he's decent, yeah. Goal. But imagine him at the 4 where he could shoot and stretch. Yeah. He doesn't have that. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I feel like Nwaba's like 230 pounds or something like that. Uh, speaking of shooting, mm-hmm. Simon, 
Another little fun wrinkle into KD's corner, unless mm-hmm. you have more to say about heights, uh, is the mid-range shot. KD is in some sort of online beef about the mid-range. One, what is the beef? Because in this instance, I genuinely do not know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, two, where does KD come down on it? And why should we care? So, great question. Great questions. Uh we see so here, here. Here's let me lay it out for you today. Kevin Durant got into a a, a Twitter discussion. I, I would say a heated Twitter discussion, not a not a full fledged argument like when people are telling him that he's a you know worthless and he's telling them that you know they should come to Barclays and tell him that. And right. This was like a very very you have know, your mom drive you to Barclays because I'm going right, to beat the crap out of your right, child. Right. None of that. Um, this was just a, you know a, a discussion on the merits of mid-range shooting. Kevin Durant, just to boil things down fairly simplistically, Kevin Durant engaged in a conversation with um, hardwood. What's the word? Paroxysm. Paroxysm. Uh, on Twitter, who um, he is quite a, uh, a paroxysm is quite a um, you know analytics guru. So he's in favor of you know three pointers drives right. no no big eliminating range. in in you know the majority of the court in favor of layups and threes right and Kevin Durant is like as many players it seems are you know sort of resist re- resentful of that thinks that he's seen you know a number of players pass up open wide open looks in the mid range who have tried to force passes to three point shooters and mm-hmm. you know cause turnovers and and get like you know, bad looks at threes. And so that was sort of his his take and, and um, paroxysm, paroxysm said, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I'll try to get okay. through this without having to. Hardwood P, let's call Hardwood it. Hardwood P says <laughs> um, that, um, yeah, he basically he, like, at one point sends him a, a like, graph uh-huh. that's, like, because... T- KD was like, oh, well, I think that people are worse at, at, at um, mid-range shots now, probably because they don't practice them because they're told that they're worthless shots, but if they practice them, they'd be better. And then so uh, Hardwood P sends sends over a graph that shows that it's basically been the same percentage, you know, since like the early 2000s. Okay. You shoot about, for long-range two-point two shots, it's about like 39% or something. Yeah. Um, so anyway... Uh, you know, and they just sort of go back and forth, and there's like maybe I'd say dozens of <laughs> responses back and forth wow. with with other people like chiming in, and you know sometimes Kevin Durant will will engage with them as well. But you know it's a totally respectful. It's not again. It's not it was not a flame war like some of his other okay discussions. Uh, were any other NBA players involved in it? Not that I know of. They they mentioned like James Harden and how James Harden, you know. Plays a, a analytically perfect style of basketball. Yes, but get, and Kevin Durant's point was like... Nobody know, ever wants to see him play basketball. No, no. He just said, you know, he's always been this way, and basically Kevin Durant was like, if the number one and two options on any team should just play how they want, should take whatever shots they want. Okay. Um, did you see that Zach Lowe's Tears came out? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, so his Tears dropped... Where do you think we fall? 
Um, what are the tiers again? There's I mean, he, he sort of comes up. Yeah, let's say the, the top tier is like legit chance at winning uh-huh. it. And then he comes up with other tiers mm. beneath that. I would say below that. I would say just below that. Yes, you're exactly right. We have made it. We have elevated. I think last year we were sort of like fringe, sort of interesting, might get into playoffs tier. And this year we are squarely in the, quote, strongest playoff teams uh, slash the East stinks again. (laughs) So these are teams that, that... aren't on the fringe of the playoffs as we were last year in his tiers, I think. Um, but teams that are almost certainly going to make the playoffs uh, with the caveat that we're making the playoffs because the East is terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Nice feeling. Yeah. Uh, something he says about this, Brooklyn has good garden wing depth, as we both know. And for all the rightful mocking of DeAndre Jordan's mail-in job last season, he and Jared Allen should give the Nets 48 strong center minutes, assuming Jordan is, um, reinvigorated. <laughs> this brings up something that it's it, the the most consistent through line. There are people who are, are a, li- a bit higher on the Nets, people who are a bit lower on the Nets. But one thing that binds virtually every commentator I have heard talk about the Nets that is not paid to talk about the Nets by the Nets um, is that, D- that they are baffled, mystified, and a bit frustrated by the DeAndre Jordan signing. I, after seeing him play in one game, feel wholeheartedly that I understand people's frustration with him. Hmm. Um, I thought he he had a a complete indifference on the defensive end that I have not seen a Nets player be allowed to get away with. Um, in the last three or four years. Hmm. Uh, I'm not saying the Nets have had good defense. Right. But if you just don't give (laughs) a fuck at all, and it's really obvious that you don't, um, I don't think Kenny really stands for that. And DeAndre Jordan, very, very... And again, this was against a Brazilian team, so it's not... It wasn't like he needed to try, Mm -hmm. but he very much did not try, which was sort of frustrating to see. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Where do you, how do you feel about being a second tier, almost certain to make the playoffs team? I feel great. I think that's, I think that's, that's where I would put us. Um, not like those naysayers over at 538 who think we're going to have 38 wins. Oh, and their new, like, uh, it's not the Carmelo thing anymore. They've, they've renamed their analytics thing. Mm. But uh, I didn't realize it was that low. <clears throat> That's pretty harsh. I think so, yeah. I kind of enjoyed, uh, I think it's sort of almost better to be in the third sort of fringy thing because then expectations are a bit lower. You can you can overachieve, whereas now, really, the only, I mean, we're not going to win it. And the only place to go is down. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I would feel sort of... I mean, I think that just comes with the off season that we had. Like, had we had a an uneventful off season, we we would be in that tier and it would be fine. But I w- I would just be you know, sa- I'm saddened when pundits think that after all of what we did, and even though Kevin Durant won't play, that um, 
yeah, they think we're basically going to be the same or slightly worse as we were last yeah, year. Yeah, no, that that it's not nice to hear. Um, that <laughs> said, Kyrie's out indefinitely, right? I don't know. There's been a media blackout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no idea what his injury status is. Uh, so he re-aggravated an injury. That's probably worth mentioning. I wasn't going to. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, he's re-aggravated an injury, uh, which is basically like, you know, his second injury that's going to keep him from games already of the season. Um, we haven't started the season, if that's that's unclear to people. Um, so this guy who uh, the two knocks against are is that he is one of the most toxic guys any locker room could ever introduce. <laughs> Um, to itself, and that he is wildly injury-prone and sat out two major playoff um, stints, one with the Celtics and one with the Cavs, uh, has been missing preseason games with injuries. Yes. Does that concern you? Or can I guess what your response is? No, because he's a god and nothing could go wrong and the Nets are the best team ever and this was a good thing. And now, yeah, sure, we're old as shit now, but these expectations will be met someday when one of the most frustrated stars in the league decides he's not going to retire and instead play passionate basketball for the rest of the time. I don't think you can turn off passion on Kevin Durant. (laughs) So I think that it, it is frustrating. I find myself wondering if... Kyrie Irving will ever actually play for the Nets. Like, I mean, so much of the Kyrie KD thing just seems so fantastical. Yeah. That, like, of course he's hurt. Of course when he plays, he plays for 48 seconds and, like, gets a a truly, like, a fleshy bicep part mm-hmm. to the face. Mm-hmm. With a mask on. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like he was in, engaged in a pillow fight. And, he's, and he's, yeah. he's paralyzed as and a result. Yeah, again, can I, I stress <clears throat> this to you at the uh, when we were in Jersey, uh, but just for our listeners, go back and look at that. It is not a vicious elbow to the face. <laughs> it is barely, like seemingly not touched very much at all by Rado. a bicep. Yeah. All right. Um, any other Nets news you want to get to, or should we turn to the fantasy? Let's 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 go straight. I, I've had enough realism, Bill. Yeah. Uh, let's get let's get into the dream world, mm. where I I have always found a more comfortable place to be as a Nets fan. Yeah. Uh, um. So let's take a turn. We are going to go through player by player on the Nets talking about where they're currently ranked in fantasy world. For anyone who's interested in fantasy, this will be a uh, useful, maybe, analysis of what players might be worth picking up, what Uh players might be worth leaving on the old wire. Um, But I think also what I'm going to try to do is maybe tease out some characteristics of players that these rankings may reflect mm. that we can talk about a little bit okay. more. Um, we're not going to go through everyone because about half the team is 
very likely not going to be owned even in the deepest of fantasy <laughs> leagues. Like we're going to have 16 players in our fantasy league this year, minimum. Um, and and just I can't imagine that uh, a, you know a Theo Pinson or a Lance Thomas is ever going to make it onto the waiver wire. Correct. I will not be picking them up. Right. Uh, maybe a Wilson. Well, well, we'll get to them. But anyway, so we're basically going to go through the top seven guys. The top five are like everyone's going to have one of these guys on their team, just sort of where you want to draft them. Uh, the bottom two, I think, are tasty sleepers. Yeah. Um, and let's – is it – we cool with that? Uh Sure, I only sort of understand it, but yeah, let's do it. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to start at the top and work our way down in terms of, in, we're going to start with Yahoo rankings, we're going to mention uh, Eric Wong's ranking, he is the all-time winningest uh, basketball fantasy guy, he has a site, Roto Weird or something like that, I forget what, I forget what the site is, but now he writes uh, about fantasy basketball for The Athletic for anyone who subscribes to that. So I'm going to talk about both rankings. Uh, if there's a big disparity there, we can get into that. Okay. So first guy we're going to talk about, obviously, number one fantasy guy on the Nets. Who is it, Simon? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Uh, Yahoo has him at 11th. Wong has him at 10th. He had big numbers last year, of course. Averaged 23.8 points, 5 rebounds, 6.9 assists. He's going to get you threes. He's going to get you a little steal. He's an extremely efficient scorer, uh, which boosts his thing. Yep. Uh, good free one throws. Thing, good free throws. Yes, good percentages. Um, one thing that I think is worth noting with Kyrie when you're thinking about taking him at 10th or 11th uh, is that last season he played 33 minutes a game. Mm. So as any Nets noting. fan worth his salt will know, uh, Kenny doesn't like to give a guy run more than about 30 minutes a game. Yeah, uh, D'Lo and Joe Harris were the two biggest minute getters last year and they barely barely had averages over 30 minutes neither hit the 31 minute mark so let's say that Kyrie plays three minutes less a game I think that that's conservative especially considering the injury proneness that we've talked about and the extremely uh, cautious approach that Nets medical staff takes in general to playing players, I think there's going to be a lot of load management, and I think there's going to be a lot of minute restrictions, especially if we seriously have a chance of, of uh, <clears throat> making the play. Like, if we're not that concerned about making the playoffs because we're winning enough games, I think they're really going to limit his minutes because they are not going to want to take any chances with him. Um, in which case... Those all those numbers could drop. That said, the Boston offense is far more uh, far more team oriented. Whereas, as we saw with D'Angelo last year, Kenny's offense tends to be run through the point guard. Lots of scoring opportunities for him. So this could be a season where he, you know, makes a a run for scoring title in the NBA. I just think that people aren't factoring in uh, how limited his minutes might be. Maybe, maybe Kenny changes. Maybe he, maybe he plays him. Maybe we need him to get in the playoffs, and there's pressure on that, and he's playing, you know, 36 minutes a game. Uh, you got any takes on Kyrie? No, I think that that pretty much sums it up. 
<laughs> Honestly, I don't. I don't have anything. Um, is he a guy you'd be interested in? Oh yeah, definitely. It's a stars league, Bill. It's just it's a stars league. Uh, oh my god. Okay, next guy we're gonna talk about is the second highest ranked guy on the team. And that is Karis LeVert. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. So in Yahoo, he's 85th, oh, which is that's pretty a, low. That's a drop down, Charlie Brown. Yeah. In, in, oh, because the, the buzzer doesn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. The buzzer doesn't work. The goddamn buzzer doesn't work. Okay, I might have to go down. Um, I guess I'll pause this if he buzzes again. Yeah, maybe he got in. Does feel like he got in. Okay, maybe he got in. Um, Karis Levert, eighty fifth, sixty eighth, huge disparity. Sixty eighth is the other guys. Yes, has a has a a, thinks a lot higher of him. For me, the very scary thing about Karis is efficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not a great shooter. His free throw for a shooting guard is really bad. It was 69.1% last year. Um, Career is not much better at 70.7. Is that going to improve? Is his field goal going to improve? Is he going to start making more threes? And most importantly, is he going to be healthy this season? Right. All big cues. Um, I would say I'm a big Karis believer. Oh, yeah. Uh, What's the upside on this guy? I would say the upside is he, if he is healthy, which is an if, um, <clears throat> but if he is healthy, he will be solidly this, the number two offensive option on a team that scores pretty well and as a team generally scores efficiently. Even, even I mean, they've been limited. They've been hampered by personnel but plays an efficient form of, of basketball. Um, and I think that my belief is that uh, Kyrie Irving will make life easier for Karis LeVert. God, he will attract a lot more attention. Uh. We'll, uh, we'll be right back, folks. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. Mild interruption. Um, we're back. Yep. To talk more things fantasy basketball. Yeah. All right. Next up on the list, Jared Allen. Whoa. 90th. Really? Not Spencer. Interesting. Nope. Jared Allen's uh, third. Okay. Highest ranked. 90th in both. Ah. Um, he was ranked much higher last season. He was the highest ranked net, I believe, hmm. in the 40s. He was sort of like the Mitchell Robinson of last season, okay. um, who's being very highly ranked this year. They thought he was going to get lots of blocks, lots of rebounds, and he did have a pretty decent overall fantasy season. But I think what you can attribute this 90th ranking to, Simon, is something I would like to call the DeAndre Jordan effect. <laughs> <laughs> and this is really the beef that most people seem to have with the signing of DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our one of the most promising young young pieces on our team is Jared Allen, and we have just brought in a guy that is going to have to get minutes who plays the exact same position and who has 
a lot of clout and a lot of stature in the league, so they can't just bench him. Mm-hmm. Um, which means Jared Allen is likely going to get a lot less run. Last season, he averaged 26 minutes, and if they are dividing the minutes up equally, or even if some nights DeAndre Jordan is getting more minutes than him because Uh-oh. there's a bigger center, we could see a big drop down to like the 20 minute mark. At which case, Jared Allen just doesn't score efficiently, you know, like consistently enough, doesn't rebound at a high enough rate. His blocks will obviously be good, his percentages, which make him a good fantasy player. Um, well, will be good, but mm-hmm. I think that the, the 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 counting stats will be a little bit lower if he doesn't get those years. I yeah, mean, those minutes. Those sorry. minutes. Yeah. To me, I I suspect just again, this is based on preseason where you shouldn't really base anything on. But I think that Kenny will be relatively committed to playing each of them. I would say, I don't know. 22 minutes a game. 20. So that's four less minutes. That's significant. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's going to be a huge, huge drop-off. I think your bigger issues with, with uh, Jared are how much he's improved year over year, which we'll see. But I'm a little bit skeptical that he's going to make a jump similar to what he did between year one and year two. Um, well, I certainly can see um, spending four years alongside Jared Allen, as, I mean, uh, along DeAndre Jordan, as a reason why he might hope to get moved off this team soon. Um, which brings us to the man, the myth, the legend himself, ranked at 113th in Yahoo and 112th in by Wong, uh-huh. DeAndre Jordan. Still, all of these people ahead of Spencer Dinwiddie. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Very. Uh, so he's a double-double machine uh-huh. that'll get you some blocks whose free throw percentage used to kill you, but last season did not totally kill you. He got it up into the 70s. Um Big question for him. Last season, uh, turns out a lot of what I looked at here was minutes. <laughs> Last season, he averaged 29 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what he needs to be the double double monster that he has been. Um, is he okay with fewer minutes? Is he going to get less minutes? And what happens to his fantasy line if that happens? I think he's definitely going to get fewer minutes. <clears throat> I think that he becomes... Yeah, I don't know. I think 119 is about right. I, I, I mean, he's not a super valuable thing, but in a league like ours, right? Definitely, he'll be a, a, a cog in the gear of someone's team. Yeah, I think it's safe to say in fantasy that the um, centers that you can pick up later are going to be much better than like the two, the one, the the threes. It's yeah. harder to get guards who are any good at all um, later. Deeper in into the wire than center, so you can wait on a guy pretty long, like DeAndre Jordan. Um, yeah, and still get a payoff. Here comes Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay, at one twentieth, and in Wong's one twenty second. Oof. Uh, the upside, I think, on Spencer is undeniable. Why might that be? Who says that? You think? That? I do. I I think I think he could be. One of the most underrated guys in fantasy basketball if the seemingly inevitable happens and Kyrie Irving or Karis LeVert miss large amounts of time. I think the team could become deeply dependent on him. 
were that to happen. And that is where I think the the large upside on Spencer is. Otherwise, I don't think he's going to be really worth having on the team. I, I personally don't wouldn't go for him. Oh, I yeah, I, I think he's a tasty a tasty dish here. Uh, I think for what you're describing. But even if even if everything is like flawless with Kyrie and he has one of the most injury free seasons in a long time. They're still going to load manage the shit out of him. They're yeah. still going to have games where he just doesn't play for rest reasons. Mm-hmm. And as you said, Karis LeVert, I feel like he's also, you know, Spencer is also the one who's going to gobble up those minutes. So right. so I just don't see a scenario where he's not getting a lot of time. He's a pretty – I don't actually know if this is true, but my memory is that he's a reasonably efficient shooter. He's definitely a good true shooter. Yes, uh, as the lockdown, he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of free say. throws. He shoots over eighty percent from the line. Yeah, um, his actual field goal percentage isn't that great, right? And his three point is average, or yeah, a, maybe little, a little, below. little below. Yeah, and he doesn't. He he won't. His rebounds don't jump off the page. His no. assists aren't aren't too crazy either. Uh, but he won't kill you in turnovers, if that's something you care yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which brings us to Joe Harris, who, interestingly, on Yahoo's was 123rd, so three behind Spence. But on Wong's was 110th. Hmm. Um, I I don't know. Joe's going to – he's a three-point specialist, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to do a lot in terms of defense. Pretty good percentages. But it's just it's going to get you at best around 13 points maybe a game. He's not really going to get you any assists, uh, maybe a couple rebounds sprinkled in there. He's not doing a lot. And my fear with Joe Harris this year is he loses the starting spot to Torian Prince and really just becomes a guy in the second unit who's out there to provide spacing. If he plays in the first unit, he's going to get some fantastic looks um, next to Karras and and Kyrie. And I think that could be where he, you know, could maybe have his career season if he plays in the first unit. But if he moves into the second unit, he's going to fall off a cliff in fantasy value. Yeah, interesting. I, I suspect that I, I agree with you. There's that. There's definitely that risk, um, especially if, if Kuroud's his suspension or whatever isn't very long, and he's he's productive at the four. Um, I think there's a very good case to be made that Torian Prince is a more versatile, more real three. Because yeah. Joe Harris is a two, basically, that they've just sort of nudged in there because they have two other people they want in the backcourt. Um, but... Uh, yeah, but I do think that I, – I suspect, though, that Kenny will be reluctant to part with that kind of shooting in the starting lineup. Uh, should be mentioned that last season, in which he wasn't a remarkably good fantasy player, but fine, um, he played the he, – he and D'Lo had the most minutes per game at over 30. Mm. I really don't see him getting 30 minutes a game this season. Hmm. So uh, if he if he wasn't if he if last year, but again, if he's by these two guys, he could have more space in Carrison and Kyrie. So we'll see. Not a guy I, uh, truth be told, will spend much on, if anything. Okay. Um, which brings us to the two most interesting players I think on the team. First is the sixth rank, um, according to Yahoo, Torian Prince at one fifty sixth. Wong has him at 108th, which would actually make him the uh, third or fourth. The fourth 
the fifth highest. Okay. So ahead of DJ Dinwiddie and Joe Harris. Um, I couldn't agree more. This is a guy I would be very excited to pick up for what I imagine would be a discount. Um, in the draft, I don't think a lot of people are going all in on Tory and Prince mm. this season. Um, I hope no one from our league is listening, other than you. Uh, but I don't think he's going to go for more than a buck or two in the auction. Huh. Um, I think that there's a very real chance that he's the fourth best fantasy net out there. I think because he, they're going to play him more at the four that he his rebounding numbers will go up considerably. Hmm. I think that he's going to be a big uh, he's he already averaged over two threes a game and I think that could get even higher especially if he's in the starting unit. He's going to get a lot of very tasty looks. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I, I got I got you know this. I feel very positively about Torian Prince. I I understand. I I I hear you. I feel like in a league where there are at least three Nets fans, you're not going to get him at a discount. The, the Torian Prince is it, that your your people are buy, it's a seller's market. For, <laughs> He's like the, for the Anthony Prince right Simons uh, of us when we did a, a fantasy draft recently with a bunch of Blazers fans. Anthony Simons <laughs> went for about as much as Steph Curry. <laughs> So I'm hoping Torian doesn't get driven up quite that high. I think but. Torian is like the it's him and Claxton are the two golden golden boys. Uh, Claxton is currently rated by Yahoo as the 598th best player. I understand that. Um, he the only chance he has is if DJ or, or Jared Allen go down. I well so. Bill, or this, this may four? shock you. Yeah, I, th- I, I think. I hope he goes. I hope he gets some run at the four. Especially, like I'm trying to think, if um, if you look at the minutes, you, sh- you shouldn't take anything from preseason. I, I, you know, blah blah blah. But I do take something from the minutes, and the min- he's not gotten a lot of minutes. But you know, who's gotten basically zero minutes is Lance Thomas, right? Yes. And so if. Kurutz misses extended time for his um, alleged uh, spousal abuse, uh, uh, domestic abuse, um, and you know Wilson Chandler's out. Right? I don't know who you put it for. Like he is the next person that may- gets the most minutes at uh, of anyone who could plausibly play the four. No, I, I mean there's a lot of things and way a lot of scenarios I could imagine, which I'm I'm snatching Claxon from yeah. the wire. Yeah. But he is he is I have lumped him into the category the rest. He is someone who, after our draft, I imagine will be on the wire. Sure. I don't think you have to pay a one one red cent for that guy. Okay. Uh, final guy who I'm going to consider as as the as the sleeper, the potential sleeper, obviously Rojan Kudutz. Mm-hmm. He's 169th in Yahoo. He is not in the Wong top 150. Oof. Um, Kudutz could has the upside if. One, his three-point shot is real, which I know he's been working on a lot, and he starts hitting a bit more. Uh, so he can get you. He's a, he's he's pretty efficient in terms of field goal percentage. He's a decent shooter, so he's fine from the free throw line. He could be a steals monster if he gets enough run. He'll get you some rebounds, um, and he'll he can do a bit of scoring given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there are tons of <laughs> question marks about what he's going to yeah. do this season. Yeah. 
All right. So the rest, uh, would you would you go for Kewitz in the in the in the draft? Do you think? I have no idea what this draft is going to look like, but I certainly could imagine a scenario where yeah, I go for him. I yeah. can, I could imagine a scenario where I go for Clax, honestly. Okay. I think I do not think anyone would try to outbid you on that, <laughs> but you should start at like fifteen dollars. Yeah. Um, all right, so the rest guy, and I'll do this in order. Garrett Temple's at two eighty one. Mm-hmm. He is one of those perennial waiver wire guys. It really depends on the situation whether he gets enough run or not. But he, if you're if you're desperate for like steals um, or maybe a three, some threes, Garrett Temple might be able to fill in a spot. But he's not going to be a guy who has a permanent. Spot on a team. Yeah. Uh, Wilson Chandler's at 302. Again, maybe threes, but he's probably not going to get picked up. Yeah. Nwaba is not a fan, not, not, does not profile he's as a, a fan. Glue guy. Guy. Yeah. He's a glue guy. He's locker room. There is, uh, there are no categories for a defensive bulldog, unfortunately, <laughs> in fantasy. Lance Thomas isn't going to get picked up. Theo Pinson isn't going to get picked up. Nick Claxton could, apparently, by Simon. <laughs> Uh, Jean and Musa. This was shocking to me. Jean and Musa was the lowest ranked net at 734th <laughs> on the Yahoo ranking. I think that is massively underrating him, and no, I, I actually agree. think there is a a case that could be made that Musa would be the more interesting of the Eastern European um, fantasy players on the team, uh, just depending on where they slot. Like if I, if, if Musa gets some run this season, he could be a serious, a serious bucket getter. Uh, so I, I disagree with that, but I agree with the first part of what you said, which is that that's a massive overrating. I do think he'll get minutes. I just think he's going to be so inefficient, and even on his best days, not going to bring in tons of. Tons of points because yeah. he's just not going to get that much no, time. No, you're right. I, I don't know that he's seven thirty four. Like no, I is think he's, he really he's five hundred worse than Garrett Temple. Right, I, I, right. I, are there there aren't seven hundred thirty four players in the NBA? That's just <laughs> incredibly <laughs> insulting to poor Jean. Yeah, Cusa. I agree. People, do, you got to watch those preseason minutes. He's getting them. But yeah, he is, and he has looked good. And he get to the line. He can do all sorts of fun mm, things. Looks fine. Um, all right, <laughs> Simon, you. Had a fantasy that you wanted to talk about. That's it for our fantasy. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm very much obviously looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I tend to avoid getting nets. Yeah. Um, if I do get one this year, I think it would be a, a, a somewhat conservative pickup, like a an Allen or or maybe a DeAndre Jordan. But I just the guards. I'm just too too skittish about, too nervous about. I don't. I don't know. I get. It's hard for me to pick a net. Okay. Um, who would be your most? I mean, other than Kyrie, who? What? Which guy would you want to go for? Um, Karis. Okay. Uh, totally unsurprising. Um, <laughs> you did you want to tell us about your fantasy or? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Do you not have one? I don't have one. No. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a weird <laughs> segment. Then. This will be a. F- this is our fun segment. Yeah. So Bill didn't come up with one of these, but I just want to assure people that my understanding is we were both going to come <laughs> up with a Nets fantasy, um, and my fantasy is going on a cruise with your Brooklyn Nets. Now, 
uh, I was just what, talking. What port do you launch from? Uh, New York. Okay. Got to be New York. Sure. Um, and got to be headed to the, I don't know, Caribbean, let's say. Sure. Um, and so I, I was just recently talking with a couple of our friends who, yesterday, uh, uh, who have been on cruises. Who? Uh, Kyle and um, Jay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, both sort of, you know, happened upon them or did, you know, the certain circumstances yeah. led to it. I don't think either one of them are diehard cruisers. But um, anyway, it seems like there's a tremendous amount of downtime <laughs> um, through which you kind of have to entertain yourself. So my my scenario here plays out on what I would like to do, what sort of cruise activities I would like to do with uh, various nets. Number one, DeAndre Jordan Comedy Club. Okay, mm. I think he's a jokester. He's a prankster. He was giving bunny ears to uh, to uh, Jared Allen in what you know will throughout the season be guessed at whether he's trying to undermine him or be nice to him, right? Uh, <laughs> or take him under his wing or crush him slowly. Um, uh, but I think he's, you know, I think I think he's definitely the the funny man of the crew. I the, heard that Theo Pinson is very funny. Yeah, okay, I could I could see that. I could I just don't know anything about Theo. Pin- I mean, I don't yeah. know much about DeAndre either. But um, but yeah, he's certainly welcome to come along to our comedy club. <laughs> right, your enthusiasm our for her, for him being on the team suggests you don't know much about DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Okay, so uh, he's a Hall of Famer, borderline all. Uh, I do all not think team. so. I really? don't think so. Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, not talking about. Today's... He's made like two All Star teams and maybe one All NBA team. That's not borderline. Even all defensive of team or something, right? I don't know. I feel like they give these things out to can like oh, candy. Yeah, yeah, Joe, yeah. Joe Johnson is supposedly a borderline Hall of Famer. Anyway, oh, well, he's really good at the uh, big three. Yeah. So so anyway. So okay. DeAndre's doing that. Then you've got you've got pool volleyball, Bill, oh, with Jared Allen. Nice. Who great, I think honestly, pick. if I would have picked Claxton, but go if ahead. we were sure, if we were living in a world where volleyball was as highly paid and as highly touted as. Um, as NBA basketball, Jared mm-hmm. Allen would be a professional volleyball player because oh, I think sure. it combines everything he's good at without any of the things he's bad at. Like he's very agile, he's very tall, he has great like hand-eye coordination, good timing, but he wouldn't have to like battle for position with uh, Joel Embiid. Right, it's just one man alone with the sand. Right, so I'd love to play that with him, and then. Um, I would like to settle in with my bunkmate, Kyrie Irving, where we would watch <laughs> hours and hours and hours of conspiracy theory, right. uh, um, Mace, Freemason. Um, Rothschild yeah. condemning. You know, he does, not only does he have shirts with the little, like, Rothschild, like, uh, pyramid thing, but uh-huh. he also, at any chance uh, he gets, he, two cameras, he does, like, the, like, um, uh, Jay-Z does this, too, but, like, the triangle thing. Oh. Yeah. Wow. He's into it. If yeah. anyone had any no, doubts. No, no doubt. <laughs> well, that does sound like a fantasy I hope one day you get to uh, live out. Yeah, thank you. Maybe if uh, more of our bets at FanDuel pay out, <laughs> uh, we'll be able to afford uh, forcing them to come 
on a cruise with us. Yeah, I just hope that FanDuel relinquishes the funds they've taken from me. Um, all right. Next week, we will be coming at you just before the home opener, which is Wednesday. So mm-hmm. I guess Tuesday we will record our... our um, Season projections. We're going to dig deep yeah. into MIP, sixth man of the year, uh, three point champ of the team, yeah, MVP, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Ooh. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to go deep. We're obviously going to take you to Katie's corner. Um, if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, though, I think there are places people could get in touch with us, right? That's right, Bill. Plenty of places. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Maybe Next Time. Uh, sorry, at Maybe Next Time. And then send us your notes, your thoughts, your fondest memories of your favorite cruise to Maybe Next Time at gmail.com. I'd love to hear them, truly. Anything about cruises, I'm very in, although I will never go on one. Um, it would be great to know, like, like what line is your line? Yeah, exactly. A carnival person? Uh, or another cruise or line, is, which we're both familiar with. Yeah, there's with. other ones. I'm trying to think. Uh, Vikings River Cruise yeah, in yeah. Europe, right? Okay, yeah, that's I an esoteric a, one. That's a popular one <laughs> with the kids. God, it's not just carnival, though. There's something. Anyway, whatever. Yes. Tell us your favorite cruise line. Yeah, would love to know more about cruises. I've uh, had... Uh, conviction since I was a small child that were I to go on a cruise, the ship would sink. Very likely. Uh, <laughs> has a cruise ship sunk since um, the Titanic? I don't know if they've totally sunk and everyone dies, but there's right. been tons of stories of like they're stranded out to sea, like they have no like, you know, um, like the, the, the sewage system has stopped working, like everything's backed up, like you can't shit or piss, right, and like right, right. everything's hell, the food's gone, like there's been horror stories on cruise ships very, very recently. They happen, you know, several times a year. Um, how far are you in succession? Uh, I have three more episodes. So I the last one I saw was um, Shiv got sort of uh, thrown off the the scent of being the CEO, the CEO by, okay. by uh, what's her name? Nan? Rhea. No, Rhea. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we just finished it last night. Mm. Um, but you obviously are aware of the um, cruise. Yeah, something's going on there. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, thank you for listening. It's always a pleasure. We would love to hear from you. Rate, review. We need those ratings. I keep getting this monthly thing where uh, it says we have no new ratings. Isn't that sad? It is kind of sad. Just, t- you know, pa- if you've listened, <laughs> I can't imagine anyone's left, but if you're out there, review Give us. Give us a review. Please. Or at least an email. Yeah. Because we would like to talk. Yeah. Um, very excited. We get our first actual real game on Wednesday against the Wolves. And then on Friday, we're going to see the Nick, the Nets play the Knicks. And we get free Kyrie jerseys. Um, all right. Anyway, thanks, folks. Uh, we will go ahead and uh, see, see ya next, next time. time. I was tired of my lady. Together too long, like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. <laughs>